0: In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success and who to find it? That's the big question. Is it measurable? Can you obtain it? Can you dream it? Can you hold it? I'm on a quest to redefine how we view success, and I'd like to bring you on this journey. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. Welcome to be fulfilled. It's the real stories behind success. This is episode number 49. My name is Tony Grubmeyer. Today's special guest is the host of the underdog empowerment podcast. And now after spending half of a decade of his life in prison, Zachary has overcame extreme adversity and now empowers underdog entrepreneurs to do the same. We're going to learn a lot today as we go up Success Mountain. We're going to figure out what Zach up to today, but also kind of the story that's gotten him to this moment. I always say your message isn't your mess. We're going to probably find some of that mess today and also get the message. So let's go live right now with Zachary Babcock.
1: What is going on, Tony, man? I'm excited to be here, man. Really fired up about this. And thank you for having me on to serve this audience. Hey, first off, man, thank you. I'm honored. I'm humbled. I'm grateful that
0: you're going to spend some time with us today. We're going to learn a lot as we go up success mountain. First question out the gate, same for everyone. What is your definition of success?
1: Yeah, man. You know, it's simple as this, man. It's the attainment of a desired goal or aim, you know, just actually getting to that point. And for me, honestly, to tell you the truth, have you ever like, like, let me ask you this, bro. Have you ever like achieved a goal? And then like 20 seconds later, like you're all fired up and then 20 seconds later, you're like, was that it? You know, what's next? You know, have you ever felt that way? A lot of times, I think as entrepreneurs, we have this vision of what it's going to be like. And then you're like, oh, really? That was it? Okay. What's next? Yeah, man, definitely, dude. Exactly, you hit it right on the money. As entrepreneurs, we're always thinking like, what's next? You know, we're future thinkers and stuff. So for me, like the success really comes in towards the growth. You know, the the unsexy part. Of the success, the daily actions, you know, the quiet underdog in the chamber, the Rocky Balboa, you know, working, you know, behind the scenes with the trainers, going through the blood, sweat, and tears to get to that point. It's who you become in the process, like Jim Rohn says. To me, that's what the success part is the actual growth and who you become during the process.
0: Man, I love it. You know, your intro talks a little bit about spending a half a decade of his life in prison. So I think, man, just to get the audience really present, Talk to me about what today your family looks like right now. Like, give me a snapshot, then we're going to go back and then we'll go forward from there.
1: Man, I hate the word luck, but sometimes, you know, every single morning I wake up and say, man, I've got to be the luckiest person in the world. I I love to start my days off with gratitude because, like, where I'm at right now, man, I got. Two beautiful twin boys are four years old and they're crazy as all get up to. They give me a run for my money. And I have a beautiful nine-year-old stepdaughter. And then we're getting ready to welcome our daughter into this world on October 29th, Lindley. So just really blessed to have that family because I've always wanted to be that father figure that I never had. But, you know, like you mentioned, man, it didn't always have these things in place, you know, like. And I don't say that to be like sound cliche or cheesy or any of that shit by any means, you know, like I just keep it real. And raw man, but uh, you know I'm, I was a knucklehead growing up. I started using uh, smoking weed when I was nine years old, my father died when I was seven, so like I looked up to all the wrong role models in the neighborhood wanting to fit in you know, and I always had this problem, this flaw of mine where I wanted to be accepted by other people and when people didn't think I was cool or didn't like me, that like left a void you know, like it, it like caused depression. Like it was a really a problem that I really dealed with growing up and I wanted to fit in so bad. So I would do all this stupid shit growing up just to be accepted by other people. You know, I continued to smoke weed all through since I was nine years old, all through my teens. And then I went out one night, we hit a bunch of houses. Like we were just being stupid. I was at 17 years old and we're robbing a bunch of houses. Like we're going by opening up car doors, you know, and then like hitting the garage door openers and we'd drive off. And if we come back 30 minutes later and if the garage door was still open, we'd go in there and raid it for anything that it had. We did this in a rich neighborhood here in the St. Louis area. You know, that ended up, we ended up getting caught for that a few days later. And that's where I got my felony charges at. And I'm thinking to myself, oh man, dude, I just blew it. My life's over. There's no hope for me. Right. And so I started Doing heavier drugs. I was selling them, but now I started using them. I started, Tony, I got out there, man. I was smoking crack, picking up crack crumbs off the carpet in hotels, plunging needles in my arm, overdosing on heroin, just like no chief aim and no purpose in life, nothing drawing me. And it led down this dark hole, the spiraling down this dark hole. And I ended up going to prison. I did four years flat on a seven year sentence. A lot of crazy shit happened during that time, man, which we can get into if you want to dive deeper later on, but I don't want to give like a long winded answer here. But You know, I got out, went in at 19, got out at 23, wanting to change my life around. And I was working at a bar and grill, working 56 hours a week because I couldn't get a job anywhere else. And then I got a job at a clothing store and I was super excited, man. I'm like, yes, I'm putting this dark shit behind me. I'm not, you know, I'm done with the prison life, you know, and I'm getting a a job in sales that I've always loved, you know, always grew up around in. And I sold 3,000 at the clothing store one day on my third day there and the whole store did 9,000. So I was one third of the whole store operation. They gave me a promotion. I put in my two weeks at the bar and grill where I had some stability. Two days later, they call me like, dude, you're a convicted felon. You got to kick rocks. So you know, just like that, I'm like all happy and excited and putting this lifestyle behind me. And then boom, now I'm down to nothing. And that led back to becoming an alcoholic, like drinking as soon as I woke up in the morning at 10 a.m. when I finally rolled out of bed from being obliterated and drinking all the way to 12, 3 a.m. in the morning. Went on for six months and then I got locked back up for eight months I didn't know how long at the time, but I got locked back up and was heading back to prison. I woke up to find out that I was heading back, didn't know how long I was going to be gone. And this was 20 days before my twin sons were born. Yeah, that was it for me, man. That was when I was like, dude, this shit's got to stop. I'm done. You know, Enough is enough. And I made a decision right there, not knowing when I was going to come home, how I was going to be successful when I got home, how I was going to get a job to pay for my family. I didn't know none of that. I just knew the reasons why I had to do it. And I said, I was going to do whatever it took, man. And eight months later, came home. On fire, couldn't get a job anywhere, nothing. Then I got introduced into entrepreneurship, first into network <laughs> marketing. That I did for two years. You couldn't even scare me off with the word pyramid scheme at the time, but I did that for about two years before moving on to my true passion. But I, I'm grateful for it because it it showed me, you know, what's really possible and that you can create a life by design. And that's what led me here today. And that's why I'm so grateful. That's why I say it's not cliche or nothing. Like I literally wake up and like, man, I've got to be the luckiest guy, even though I hate the word luck. No, I, dude. First
0: off, let's just take a
1: moment and just jump into some
0: gratitude. So first, what a journey, what a story, what an opportunity. My mom said something to me on 1214 of 08. I had called my mom and I'm going to play this in because I want to give you something that you just gave to the audience and I hope the audience gets it. My mom said, hey son, you you can break the cycle. You can break the chains. You can do for yourself what the people before you hadn't been able to do. That's my dad, et cetera. All these examples that she was able to give me by just doing something different like stopping like the craziness and you know for me she said you know I suggest maybe you need to go get a program something that would help you like a lot of shame i think my mom felt that maybe she did something wrong i don't think it's our parents fault i really don't i don't even think it's our fault i think society where we're brought to it's a lot of what we see we become and you know you just i could see the clickers and i had all these flashbacks to running and doing stupid stuff when i was a kid but i just want to tell you man from a standpoint where you're at right now Your partner in life, the person who's carrying your daughter, your two kids, twin boys, like all that stuff. Like, what a rock to be able to hold down life while you went and did life. You did life in prison for a period of time. And then to come out and say, hey, you know what? Enough is enough. Like, that's called the wake up day and time, you'll never forget. You'll know exactly where you were, exactly what you're doing when you made that decision. And it's drugs, it's alcohol, it's whatever stupid stuff that we do to get us to where we get to the point where we get broken enough, where I believe I'm open to receiving help and start living my life completely different. So I just want to give you a bunch of love and tell you, man, like your heart's in the right place, your energy's in the right place, man, the gratitude, that's a great way to start your day. You can never have a bad day if you start your attitude and gratitude. Now, I've seen it go sideways when people don't stay there. They go, I got this. And as an entrepreneur, we were talking before the show, I chase, man. I'm still a runner. I still do stupid stuff, but I humble myself every day to say, man, is it worth giving all of that up to go do something stupid and then go pay the consequences of all the things that come with it? And I think you figured this out. Now you're running differently. So I just want to say, man, I'm super honored to have you here. I have a big question. I'm not here to make anyone cry. But it does happen from time to time, the way I ask my questions. Seven years
1: old, you lose your dad. Tell me a little bit about your dad for a moment. You know, um, you know, because I was seven years old, I didn't really know him that well. Like I knew him, but you know, it's crazy. But when he passed away, I was so young that I didn't even cry when we found out that he was dead. My sister started hysterically breaking down into tears. Did but- you grow up in a house with your mom and a dad or was it completely two places right off the bat? Now, they had just gotten divorced about a year prior to him passing away, a year and a half prior to him passing away. So I'd see him every other weekend, you know, but he was consistent about that. And I did love him. I still do love him, but it was like. I guess it was just, I was too young to really understand what that meant at the time. Seven's a pretty young age to try to figure out that stuff.
0: Right. My parents divorced when I was three weeks old. I don't remember any of it. All I knew growing up was, you know, two separate houses to spend time with. All right. From seven until nine, right. When you decided to smoke weed, tell me a little bit about that decision that day when someone said, Hey, Zachary, you want to try some weed? Like today, I think it's more common back, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I don't think it was as
1: common at nine years old. Right. Yeah, man. So like, I grew up. My sister, she's passed away now, but she was three and a half years older than me. And so, I would always tell on my sister anytime I catch her smoking cigarettes or whatever. You know, I'm seven years old or whatnot. I was, you know, like okay, I'm going to get her in trouble every time or whatnot. I was a little the tattle I guess you would call that. You know, sure. that, that annoying little brother you want to punch in the throat. And so, she also had two friends that had two younger brothers, but they were both a year older than me. But they were still younger brothers, so they were right around my age. And I remember they came over one time they knocked on the front door and I came and seen it was him. I was playing my Nintendo 64. This is in 98, you know, and Nintendo 64s were cool. And I go to the door and I'm like, she's not here or whatnot. And they it's like, no, we came here to hang out with you. And I'm like, what? You know, or whatever. I thought that was so cool. And so I, I let them in. And that, like I mentioned, I wanted, you know, I was raised by my mom, but she did an amazing job raising me. She taught me to love and was so caring and really cared about deeply about other people. You know, I think women have that trait stronger than men do, can really feel other people more. I thought that was so cool. But at the same time, remember, I told you I wanted to fit in with other people so bad. I wanted to be accepted with people, other people so bad. And so when they came over to hang out with me, I was trying to do everything I could to impress them and make them want to keep hanging out with me. So they smoked cigarettes. So I smoked cigarettes for the first time. And this was, they smoked weed. So I was like, okay, let's do that. And now that, that's where it started at. Gosh, nine years old. I'm thinking, wow. Like,
0: you know, I get the cigarettes because I, I used to see my dad smoke. So I knew where he kept them. Um, and I, you know, I, I wanted to be like my dad growing up. I, I really, I missed out on that father figure. You know, I grew up without that, like really as a strong male role model. My dad ended up being gay and that's what caused my parents to divorce. So I lied a lot and got into just, I guess, issues. I related something too in your beginning you know, I spent a lifetime trying to look good to avoid looking bad. So I wanted to fit in. And when I didn't fit in, I acted out. When I acted out, I got attention and then I liked the attention and I liked that all right, cool. I was never a fighter. I was a lover. I'll I'll use that line. Now I was a lover. So were you a kid that kind of puffed out his chest and said, Hey, let's scrape and let's go for
1: it if that was it? Or were you the person who would kind of avoid altercations? So that's crazy, man. Cause it was like both. And it's weird. Like I'm an extremist like you. Like I'm either all the way in or all the way out. There's like no middle ground. And so like with my friends, like Here's my personality. And it's weird because I want to fit in. I've worked on this, you know, since it like growing up, I wanted to fit in so bad. So I would do stupid things that put myself in bad positions just to be accepted, like with people that I wanted to fit in with. But those stupid things would be like, you know, like I would start fights with kids in my school, you know what I'm saying? Just to be that cool kid, you know, and like, I mean, it was horrible stuff to do, you know, and really a piece of shit move. But, you know, those are the types of things that I do because at the young age, I thought that's what you had to do to be mm. cool, you know? But also at the same time, like I used to, and this is just until a couple of years ago, I wouldn't say certain things to people to avoid arguments. Like say we'd be talking about something, you bring up something, and I'm like thinking in my mind, like, dude, no, that's totally like not the way to do it. And that's only gonna, you know, put you in a bad position. If I thought like it would cause you not to like me, like I wouldn't bring those things up. And it wasn't until my mentor told me He said, uh, I said, when you care more about potentially impacting the life of another human being more than you care about that person liking you, that's when you'll step into greatness. And I was like, holy shit, man. And that's when I started climbing out of that hole. Like now I will tell, you know, straight up this like real raw, like tell you if I don't like what she said and if I don't think it's going to help you or not, which before I couldn't say those types of things.
0: Yeah. You know, that honest piece. And I want to talk, we'll get out of that. We'll come back to some of your story. I just first say, thank you, man. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being raw, being real, being open to, you know, share. I'm sure you probably have told your story a few times. If anybody has ever seen Zachary, he's got tats everywhere. So it's, you know, there's something that comes with tattoos and I've got them, but I just want to say, man, there's an honorable tone in your voice today. And, you know, when you made that change sitting in that prison cell, you're like, shit's going to change. Like, I'm just going to do stuff
1: different. What was that like for you when you made that decision? You know, man, it comes down to, you know, I say this, man, I heard it's a quote that you probably heard before, but it's like really resonates with me. It's like my desire to change became stronger than my desire to say the same. Yep. And I can't really explain it any better than that, man. It's like literally I it's like to give an example, it's like, you know, I was going through prison, didn't really, you know, it didn't really click. I didn't go through enough pain yet, even though I went through a lot of pain the first time. And, but when I went back, it was like getting dipped back into that grease, you know, and that little fire and like, you just jump back up, you know, if like, if you get a little burnt, you like, you jump away from it. It was like, it hurts so much. I'm like, you know, all I ever wanted it, my whole entire life was to be that father figure I never had. And now here I am getting locked up 20 days before my twin sons are born, leaving my, at the time, girlfriend, now wife pregnant to bring these children in the world by herself. It was so painful that I just couldn't continue. And I, you know, I made a decision to, right then and there to turn around. Yeah. The decision, right. It's
0: got to come for you when it has to come for you. Everybody's bottom or everybody's, you know, moment is different and i meet a lot of people and i even get this yeah you know i'm just not ready yet i'm like good cuz if you're not ready yet it's not going to change for you so what was it like for you with now your wife but girlfriend then saying i got to go do this what was her kind of like thought process around you going in and then you had eight months to kind of really begin to i think that process of change to really take place now like you know hey i'm missing out on pretty impactful moment in my life i'm leaving my partner to be by herself, like what was that kind of last little bit of a conversation before you go in for the second time?
1: Well, I went out that night, got obliterated drunk like I was doing for the whole six months prior to this. And I woke up in Ferguson Police Department, banging headache, back hurting because I'm sleeping on a metal bunk, lights are bright. And I realized I'm in Ferguson jail. I'm like, oh shit. So I give her a call and I say, hey, you know, come get me out of here. So she's like, okay, I'm on my way. About an hour or two goes by, you know. There's no clock, and there. are so you don't know how long. I got impatient. I call her back. I'm like, "Hey, you know where?" You at? She's like, "I can't come get you." Out. I'm like, "Don't worry about it. You know, we'll figure the money out. Just come and get me. You know, come get me out of here." And she's like, "I can't. You have a parole hold on you, and you're going back to prison." So like, there wasn't really any closure. I thought I was getting ready to get out, you know. And so
0: you, you, if I'm not mistaken, so you went out just as a normal guy, normal night to go have some fun. That then, because of you getting arrested, not really knowing, maybe being blacked out and then landing in Ferguson, that kicked off the parole hold, right? And then that kicked you off
1: going and serving another eight months. Yeah. So I had gotten arrested uh, a few months prior to that for getting a DWI, and I bonded out on that. And I didn't tell my parole officer, but you know, that always circles back to them. Eventually they hear about that, you know? And uh, when she heard that, she revoked my parole. And when I got locked up that night from being obliterated drunk, like I would have gotten released because it was just public intoxication. It wasn't a felony or anything. But the fact that I had that parole hold on me, that's the reason why I got sent back. Man. All right. So what we're going to do, we're going to take
0: a quick break. And I'm going to tell you why we're going to take a break. Because we're going to just pause for the cause and let Zachary catch himself because we're going to get chugging. As we go up and down Success Mountain really, really quick. And at the end, we're going to get into the fulfillment round. We're going to actually learn some cool stuff. Maybe you don't know about Zachary. If you follow him, you see him online. Maybe knew him in his MLM days, whatever it may be. Even if you were one of the garage door openers back in the day. We're going to try to uncover some cool things today about Zachary. We'll be right back on the Be Fulfilled show. With a gentleman who's bearing his soul and telling you, hey, you know what? I messed up. It doesn't mean I can't get up. and doesn't mean that I can't move forward. We're talking about the underdog empowerment. We're going to be talking about his podcast, where you can download it, how you can get into his tribe, where you can learn about what he's up to in the world and how he's making a difference in really empowering underdog entrepreneurs to say, hey, man, wherever you're at, that's cool. But if you want to change, I've got a path that you could follow. It's worked for me and it's worked for a lot of others. So we'll be right back on the Beef of Hill podcast show. Are you suffering from marketing dysfunction? Are you not able to perform online as well as you could when you were younger? Unable to keep up with the intimate demands of buying product, running offers, and shipping items to your customers? Say hello to Ship Offers, clinically proven to enhance the growth and longevity of your business. Get some today at ShipOffers.com. All right, we are back. It's the Be Fulfilled podcast. Today's special guest, Zachary Babcock, soon to have a new baby girl, twin boys, a nine year old stepdaughter, a wife today so different than what life was like just four or five years ago. And here's a guy now who's humbled, grateful, ready to go. And you're now walking in a new life. You're, you got a new path. you got a new purpose. You feel like every day you wake up with that attitude of gratitude. So a couple questions for you. What is life like for you today? What are you up to?
1: Like where in the world is Zachary Babcock's mind today? Oh man, dude. So like you're probably gonna have to tell me to shut up because I get so passionate and excited when I start talking about this. Go on and on and on. But yeah, man, there's what I'm doing today, man, is really living. I found a way to marry my passion and my purpose into one and make a business out of it and just base my whole entire lifestyle around it. I get to help every day. I get to help underdog entrepreneurs figure out how to how to win and how to scale their business up to six and seven figures, how to, you know, get past the hurdles that I was running into when I got into this. Cause like I mentioned, I first got my start in network marketing, which I'm grateful for. I did that for about two years, but it just wasn't my true calling in life. And eventually, you know, there's great companies out there and then there's bad companies, just like in everything. Right. But I started to feel like a parasite towards the end. Like I was like have you ever got somebody hit you up on Facebook? and you accept the friend request. And then just a few seconds later, they're in your inbox. They're like, yo, 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 I got this opportunity. You're going to be a millionaire in two weeks, blah, 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 blah. all that. Have you ever had that before? Never, never. I don't know anything about
0: any of those <laughs> fulfillment opportunities. Uh, that, that tell you today, if you just go get two of your friends, they get going two of their friends, man, you'll be rich by tomorrow, but you have to go get two right now. Do you know two? Can we call them right now? Can we open up your Facebook <laughs> and we can start like logging them and telling them, Hey, I've got this amazing opportunity. Nobody's ever heard about get on the ground floor. I've never heard of that stuff. Does that happen? <laughs> I used to be that guy.
1: (laughs) It's so, oh man. But um, yes, I learned though, you know, like I was skipping the whole process of building a relationship, like, which is the most key fundamental thing that you can possibly do with any interaction is to really invest your time into actually building that relationship, getting to know about the other person. It's not about you when you're building relationships. And so I felt like a parasite and I just, it just wasn't my thing. So I moved on and i got into coaching and when i first got into coaching i wanted to serve people coming out of prison and people with drug addictions well i quickly found out that people coming out of prison people with drug addictions one most of them don't have any money and two most of them about 80% to 90% of them didn't want my help anyways and so here i am i'm not i got to provide for my family and you know i also want to help people that want to be helped but mm. so, so i was like I was, and I'm going to get to this point in a moment. I was really hurt, but not hurt, but like discouraged because, you know, I have a passion for helping people because I believe that there's a lot of resources that are not provided for people coming out of prison and, you know, ex-drug addicts, which I know there's not because I went through that. And I I have things in mind that I know could definitely help that person. So I moved on though. And I was like, okay, I'm going to help entrepreneurs. And I was like, I'm a personal development coach for entrepreneurs. And that tanked <laughs> i wasn't <laughs> I wasn't being specific at all, didn't know you know nobody resonated with it, nobody wanted it this one i I made this jump very end of twenty sixteen beginning of twenty seventeen, and all twenty seventeen I struggled, didn't make hardly any money, like it was horrible. And I'm trying to figure this stuff out and just nothing's working. I have invested thousands of dollars because I changed it up. Like, okay, I'm a goal achievement coach for entrepreneurs. And that completely tanked as well. And I invested thousands of dollars in this goal achievement software that was a complete dud and my audience didn't even want it. Mm. And so I went through a lot of trial and error, a lot of frustration, a lot of headache, a lot of wanting to bash my head into the wall trying to figure this stuff out. But it wasn't until I started doing my marketing homework and actually learned like, okay, what are the steps that you got to do to actually build a business? And that you know starts with you know identifying your ideal audience and being able to craft a compelling offer that they actually want and are willing to pull out their credit cards and buy. Uh, and then being able to publish engaging content to get them into your funnel, then taking them through your customer journey. How do you increase interest in your offers over time? It wasn't until I went through all that and got rock solid mentors that actually helped me with their program, showing me how to implement this so I can teach it to others. That's when things started clicking for me. And that's what I'm passionate about today. I get to wake up and do that every day. And I mentioned I first wanted to help drug addicts and people coming out of prison, right? So, you know, I don't share, this is pretty cool because I don't share this on social media. I don't talk about this because I'm a firm believer. Don't talk about what you're going to do. Just go out and do it and show the results. But um, since I was opening up with that part of my story, like now- the business that I'm building now that I'm so passionate about helping underdog entrepreneurs, I'm starting my nonprofit organization that's not going to pay me a dime, that's going to offer these services, these resources that aren't provided to people coming out of prison that actually want it. And it's going I'm not talking about, uh, what do you call it, uh, assisted living or welfare or food stamps. I'm not talking about none of that. I'm talking about like life skills. It's not even taught in our school systems that will actually help these people coming out. So that's like a long-term vision. That's where I'm at today. And that's why it's hard to get me to shut up about it sometimes.
0: (laughs) Dude, I got to tell you right now, if I can be of service and help you, that's so, you know, I've never been to prison. I've um, never been in that position. However, because I sit in the rooms and I hear it and I see it, and I've gone to a lot of dark places to see recovery. And I've also seen a lot of dark places where I've got to go to help people. I'm really, really passionate about recovery. I think recovery to help people get to the next level in their life, like the stuff with your empowerment program and everything that you're doing around underdog, we got to have more people like you. My mantra in life is be the change. That doesn't tell me to go tell others to go be the change. It tells me to go be the change. And I love that from Gandhi because if that's all I ever learned from Gandhi is like, hey, Tony, you got to go be the change today. It's up to you to go do it. Nobody else is going to ask you to do it because if they are, there's probably something selfish behind it. But when I hear somebody say like, I want to go help those people, that's the change the world needs. They need more people like you to stand up. So another reason for me to say thank you
1: and appreciate what you're up to.
0: Tell me a little bit about your podcast.
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. So this is funny. So I mentioned through, you know, I went through, you know, three and a half years before I launched the podcast. I mentioned all the nights where I wanted to bash my head against the wall, <laughs> right? <laughs> trying to figure this stuff out. So I launched Underdog Empowerment after finally identifying my audience, who they are, you know, the people that I can actually serve and that I resonate and that resonates with me. So it's four underdog entrepreneurs. And this podcast, first week, it's in the top hundred rated podcasts in the world on iTunes. And I'm all getting it fired up. You know, I'm taking screenshots, posting them on Facebook. Like, guys, look, I'm next to Brendan Burchard, blah, 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 all this stuff. Like, I can't believe this is happening. You know, like I was blown away by it, right? My friends are like, oh, man, you got lucky, man. You're an overnight success. And I'm like, motherfucker, dude. Do you know what, do you know what I had to do? I'm bashing my head against the wall these nights to get to this point to try and figure this stuff out, man. I keep that luck shit in your pocket. Like Gary Vaynerchuk says, man, luck is preparation meeting opportunity. That's what luck is. But it was crazy though, man. It was. I'm happy though for it, you know. And I'm really grateful to, you know, be in that position. I started off, you know, as a self help podcast because I still wasn't clear on the exact problem how I could solve it to serve my audience, and it started off in the self help category. But over time, after listening to my audience and getting feedback and seeing what they respond to the most, we shifted it to business, to marketing and management, changed the category of that because I realized the underdog entrepreneurs, my audience specifically, like not saying that they can't continue to grow through personal development because that's a lifelong process. It never ends. But they're pretty strong mindset-wise. They're looking for ways to actually make money in their business. So we shifted the focus towards that and that's where it stands at today. So now you're the host of a really... Highly successful
0: podcast, father of some amazing kids, a wife, life out of prison. Been a couple of years.
1: Yep. Going on four this October.
0: And how's your relationship with your friends and your family? Like, how have you been able to repair some of those inner workings that, you know, get kind of messed up when you're not around? Yeah, man.
1: So I only hang out with a few friends that I had before prison because those are only ones that are actually, you know, doing something with their life. And some others are, you know. But be honest with you, man. Like you got to change your people, man. It's who, 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 who You got to change
0: the digits after you break up with a girlfriend, and you probably need to get some friends after you get out of jail.
1: Yeah, exactly, dude. And I got a whole new network of friends. Most of them are people that I met through entrepreneurship. You know, and there's a bunch here in St. Louis, but I got a whole bunch all around the world. As far as family, you know, all my immediate family besides, you know, my wife and my children. Like my siblings and parents like they're they're all passed away now and so are my grandparents but I do have you know my uncle and my aunt on my mom's side and my cousins and we're all pretty tight we always were they never fell out with me from going to prison and stuff they just wanted to make sure and see that I was doing good so it's all good now man it's got great people in my life and I'm really grateful for it
0: i love it tell me a couple things about your wife
1: that you just really look up to and you admire about her I love how stubborn she is and at the same time, how um, how strong she is, man. For one, being able to put up with me, like literally she, she could have just kicked me to the curb, which she probably should have at the time. You know, you know, I wasn't deserving at the time from what I put her through, you know, why she was pregnant and stuff and going out and partying and shit. But her desire, her love for her family and what she does day in and day out to, you know, Care for the family, make sure that we're good and we're loved. You know, that's unmatched by any. So I'm really grateful for that as well. Well, man, what an honor
0: to have a woman stand by her man through through that process. And then when you get out, you guys get to pick up the pieces and you got to rebuild kind of your life together. And it's been, you know, like four years coming up and a lot of the great things are like on the horizon for you. Before the interview today, I was saying, so tell me something you're really, really excited about. You want to share just a little bit of that glimpse with the audience so we can talk about kind of the new projects that you're working on?
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, I shared that one with you. That's probably the most exciting thing right now that I'm working on. And I say it because- Is in the underground? So we got to keep it in the underground for a little bit longer. You know, it's, you know, so it's working on the core- offer that I have one of the best ways that I could serve people. And to be honest with you, you know, I just got, I got to be on. you know, I can't sit here and fake it in front. It's just not in my blood. Um, I'm not making like millions of dollars in my business right now. So it was hard for me to like switch over. Like I knew that my audience wanted to know how to make money, but I'm like, dude, how can I do that when I'm not making, like, I'm not like a multi-multi millionaire, you know, like I, I, it felt fake to me. I was like, I can't do this. Let me, right let me here. stop you. Cause I got to tell you something that I learned a long time ago.
0: It served me up until this day. What's up? There is no comparison there. You can't get have compassion. The people that are working and making it, dude, like you said, there's no luck, right? There's just hard work and hustle and you're doing it. And that's what, dude, when you were telling me this earlier, I was like, man, I love your grit because it comes from a place of love. Like at the end, you're like, dude, I just can't be anybody but who I am. But here's what's cool. You're a super successful coach. You run a very successful top 200 podcast. You've got tons of experience life. You've got a lot of experience. In dark places that you come from, you've got four plus years. I just want to let you know, you can do anything you damn well please. And you can coach (laughs) anybody you damn well please. And at the end of the day, like that person, like you said, you used to be like, hey, looking to make a lot of money. That's not you anymore. So you have a lot of life lessons and man, people sometimes will pay for that I mean more times than not because mentorship and coaching is really just somebody passing on their experience, strength and hope with you and hopefully you get that experience, strength and hope and you can put that to play in your life. I charge people. I mean there's nothing wrong with, you know, doing that. So you don't have to ever apologize for anything you've done or anything that you are becoming because really it's all a part of your journey. And that's the thing that I want you to get more than anything today. And I don't mean to take the script and the flip and the mic and put it on me, but man, I got nothing but appreciation and love and you're humbled and you're grateful. Man, if you stay the course and never leave that track and you don't get too far off the guardrails, man, I'll see you on stages with some of the biggest people in the world doing your thing. And you were telling me, Jim Rohn, we were talking about mentors and you were dropping Gary Vee and all these other great people, Zachary J Babcock right there. So why would it be any different? Right? You don't know their story. I'm learning your story, right? Their story is the one that they're kind of telling the world. You're living it out and everybody sees you. I mean, tattoos from, you know, head to toe, right? You've got literally an image that you lived and now you have this person that you become and it's still you no matter what. I just got to tell you, man, you're doing it. Don't ever apologize for who you are. Never ever for not what you don't have. Dude, Sell from your heart and people will buy that all day. Sell from your wallet. It'll be empty and meaningless. And I'll tell you, if you do it from your heart, you'll be filled with two things. You'll feel good about what you're doing. And number two, you'll actually make a lot of money. 100%, dude. Yeah, I just wanted to love on you for that. I just wanted to give that to you. I couldn't have you right here in this moment. I don't need you to apologize because, man, I need you to know how much you're loved, appreciated, and how grateful I am and humble that you want to be on here My story, my journey is mine. Your story is yours. But together, collaboration, opportunity, and helping the world to see my mess is my message to help people today sell that. If that's what you want, sell that. Because every day people are buying from you something. They're either buying, I'm not gonna hang out with that guy or I'm buying something that he's got. And dude, go try to add you on Facebook. Very hard to get a friend request over to you. Your podcast is big. Like I see what you're up to. And I'm not a guy jumping on your page every day giving you kudos. I'm just a guy watching. That's how I vet people, right? Then once I snap and go, bam, let's go do
1: something. That's where the shit gets really crazy, really fast. Right on, brother. I appreciate those words for. It. That means a lot. And you're right too, man. It's just you know, I, it was just hard for me to make that transition because I was like, dude, you know, I, it was It was like conflicting at me. And then my mentor, my JV partner that I'm working with, he helped me. He's like, he's like, dude, for one you know, you're not going out fake. You're still being completely real raw and sharing from the heart, like you just mentioned. And he's like, what we're doing is we're taking what's already worked. You know, I sold over 20 million with this content last year. We're repurposing it and injecting your personality. You're becoming a student of it. And then you're sharing it with others. And he said, that's how you're positioned as well. So that made me feel better. You know, at first I was like, I I can't do this, you know, like, (laughs) you know, you know, but, uh, That's exciting. That's where we're at now, you know, and I'm really grateful, you know, and I think to be honest with you, dude, that's why I love you know connecting with people like you first off that are real and raw themselves. They had podcasts. You got to like podcasts open up so many doors for me, dude. Like literally, I probably wouldn't be, I definitely wouldn't be sitting right here talking to you right now if I didn't start my podcast. And you definitely would, you know, we may have never even known each other if we wouldn't have started a podcast. Were you a guy?
0: Were you a guy when you were locked up? Were you a journaler? Were you writing? Was there stuff that you were doing? Where was all the genius stored? Right
1: up here, or were you putting out down in front of you, knowing, okay, man, things are changing. Yeah, you know, I do a lot of writing, but it's like so messy, and it's like it's just like really like brain dumps. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you go back and look at it. If you're not me, you won't understand it. You know, because it's oh, like yeah. uh, it's coded. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I do a lot of, of writing, and now I got like a lot of like you know my notes app for when I'm on the go and stuff. I didn't have that in prison, so but yeah, like us creative types, you know, we do a lot of venting and brain dumps in a lot of different expressive ways. There's a dash that's being put
0: from the day you're born until the day you die somewhere in the world on a tombstone or some nameplate that's got your name. What do you think your dash would say right now, right now in this very moment
1: about Mm -hmm. Zachary Babcock? What do you think that dash would say? Wow, man, that's a really good question right there. Right now, what I would hope it would say, I hope it would say you know, someone that went above and beyond to create a legacy that lived on after he died, that impacted other people's lives. That's what I would hope it'd say. What do I think it would say? You know, because that could be different. You know, I'm trying to be like brutally honest here. Someone that took responsibility for his life after going through extreme adversity and took complete ownership, and uh, became a responsible father, and a husband, and entrepreneur. Now, what do you think your wife would put? Uh, someone that's a boneheaded, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, she'd probably say something along those same lines.
0: But she, how she, cool she, is that today, man, to have somebody love you that much and want to be with you, knowing kind of your upbringing? You get out, you, like you were saying, like grandparents are gone, mom's gone, everybody's gone. Like, right, a lot of the people that you kind of came into the world with, and I use this analogy all the time. There's a, a track, like a track meet, right? And you're on your starting line. And you kind of look over your shoulder to the right and you see just the stands filled with all of your friends and your family. And they're all like, yo, go Zagri, go Zagri, go. And as we kind of run and the hurdles are in front of us, they're kind of big at first because we've never seen them. So we don't know really how to adjust our view. We start looking to the stands for like, come on, you can do it, son. You can do it. I'm so proud of you. And then you look to the stands and as you keep going and as you keep going, there's less and less people cheering on that one side. And here's what's crazy. This is really what my mom was able to instill in me. Son, you get one real trip around the track and it isn't until like the third, like just around the corner until you see the finish line. Do you really wake up and start living your life? At first, it's for that appreciation that, hey, you can do this, and then you start living because you know it's not about that anymore. It's about helping others, and that's what you're doing today. That's the new people in the stands are the new fans, the ones that are coming around at the right time. Man, I love the haters. I love the haters because the haters tell me I'm doing something right because the haters are the ones that were like me, sitting and telling people, God, that guy's a fool. No, actually, I was the fool because I was telling them that this guy couldn't make it, and now look at you. Now look at you. Now the fans in the stands are your friends, your followers, the people who believe in you. That's family that's my new family. Those are my new friends. Those are the people that I wake up every single day to make sure that I go and lead the best life possible. And that's what I'm getting from you today. And I'm, that's just awesome stuff that you're up to. I, I just, man, I, I wish I could make this a gratitude show for an hour It was Zachary J Babcock. Today, we're going to talk about gratitude and just give you a bunch of love because that to me is what the world needs more of and you're doing it. So I want you to know, man, like thug life, no life doesn't mean one thing to me other than your true life. And that's what you are today. You're being true. And so I just want to tell you, thank you.
1: Thank you, brother. I appreciate that 100%, bro. All
0: right. So the fulfillment round goes something like this. I don't know, man. Phone a friend. You can't do that. You can't make up any wrong answer. So just make up stuff and have some fun. It's a way for me to get to know you a little bit better. Hopefully your followers of the Underdog Empowerment Podcast are listening to this and they get to know you a little bit deeper. Some just stuff that's kind of fun that you maybe are not talking about on a regular basis. If you're ready, say ready. Ready. All right. So you went to prison in Ferguson?
1: Yeah, I grew up in Ferguson, and I went to prison in, in
0: Missouri. All right. What was your first thought when you landed in prison the very first time? What oh, was your shit. first thought? Oh shit! I'm fresh fish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I was I was frightened to death, man. You know, you see this shit on TV, and you're thinking like it's this crazy extreme. People are going to be shanking you with prison shanks and all that, and. It wasn't as extreme as nowhere near like the TV puts out to be, but I was scared to death, man. I was 19 years old and it was like, shit, you know, here I am with, with the big dogs. 19. How old are you today? 29, turning, turning 30 at the end of this month. All right. So 19 attitude, 30 attitude. What's the biggest difference? Complete difference. Back then it was all about me and it was the biggest difference was Everything that was wrong in my life was everybody else's fault and anything or anybody besides myself. And today, everything that's wrong in my life is my fault and everything that's right in my life is my fault.
0: All right. Biggest thing you worry about right now in your life, the biggest thing you worry about?
1: You know, because anybody tells you that they don't worry, that's bullshit. We all have those. <laughs> it's just a matter of if you let those worries eat you alive or not, or if you go out and do stuff. My biggest worry the thing that drives me the most in life is legacy. Like I mentioned, like I want, you know, like yeah, I want money. I want to have a lot of money. I want to live an awesome lifestyle, and drive fat whips and cars, whatever you call it. I want all that in my life, but that's not the biggest thing that drives me in life. That does drive me, and I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't motivated by that. But the biggest motivator to me is my legacy. What's going to carry on after I'm dead? What really matters? What type of impact in the world am I going to leave that's going to be remembered for years and years and years? And my biggest worry is like. I want to make sure that I create a legacy that's going to live generations to come. Hmm. Like I want to impact people on such a level where it's like, you know, damn, that was a good-ass student. He really made an impact in the world. I heard this not too long ago. Your legacy is now, not someday.
0: So every day yeah. you get to wake up and go do something, you're, you're living it. So just remember, you're living your legacy now for the world to see when you're gone and live it in such a way that when your life passes in front of you, everything that you've seen up until this time you made that decision until then, you know would make everybody around you proud, like your wife, your kids. And that's when I know I'm living in my legacy and now, right? When I'm living in my ego or in my head, I'm doing stuff selfishly. And that's why, man, I, when I got the opportunity to say, hey, would you want to come on the show? It's because I see a lot of me in you and hear a lot of similarities, not differences. I hear a lot of potential And the thing that I'm reminded of is, man, I got to do my best today. I don't have tomorrow if I don't. So, you know, just some really cool stuff.
1: First thing you ate in prison that you remember. (laughs) Slop. (laughs) That's the best way to put it, man. It's, uh, yeah, you get, so every morning, beans. I'm just going to say beans because everybody can relate to that. They serve beans on every single tray, and I'm not lying about that. Maybe a few breakfast trays don't have beans, but beans on everything. They'll bean you to death in there.
0: Okay. First meal you get when you get out the last time after you made a decision, this time it's
1: done. So the first, the last, the very, it was funny because the first time I got out, it was ridiculous. The meal I got, but the last time we had a home cooked meal at home that my wife prepared, Uh, we had mashed potatoes, not green beans, uh, broccoli. Couldn't say that for the life of me and some chicken. How different was that meal getting out that time? That was like, it was like, welcome home. And this is home now for good. It was like, I knew it that I wasn't never going back that time. I I didn't know how I was going to make things happen, but I just knew the reasons why I had to do it. All right. I need the MLM pitch for (laughs) underdog empowerment. The MLM pitch for underdog empowerment. Wow. I quit MLM pitching. So this might be a little bit rusty. I quit doing that a few years ago. Yeah. If you're an underdog entrepreneur looking to scale your business to six and seven figures without the stress, overwhelm, and frustration of trial and error, then underdog empowerment is where it's at because that's what's going to get you there. I like it.
0: Hey, ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is Zachary J. Babcock, an amazing human being with a huge heart to help. He's got a course coming out soon, so be looking for that. Just somebody who, very grateful and congratulations on a new one on the way. Congratulations on four years getting out. There's a lot of cool stuff happening in your life. Please keep in touch. I can't wait to have you back on one day. Thanks for being a part of the Be Fulfilled family and community. At the end of the day, man, I'm always looking for inspiring human beings who have a desire to go make the world a better place. And I believe you did that today on our show. So an audience member who's listening today, I ask when you get a chance to drop Zachary a message and we'll make sure we get his Facebook page in here. Let him know that you heard the message. Listen till the end. You got to hear his story and his message. And I hope that it impacted you as much as it did me. The whole reason why the show exists is so that you know I got out of bed today for contribution. My job is to help one person today to be better than they were yesterday. And I do that by helping myself first so I can then in return help others. Zachary, thank you very much for helping me today to become a better person. Thank you very much.
1: Likewise, brother. This was a blast, man. I had a great time.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, all the contact information, 411, all you need to know about Zachary is going to be available in the show notes. You can find that at tonygrubmeyer.com. And until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at trainersanddrivers.com and download my free mini course designed to give you more clarity and freedom in your day. It might just change your life forever.